0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Raising the Remnant with Whitney. I want to talk to you guys about something I was challenged by a good friend of mine in talking about this podcast. She asked me, have you shared yet how you got to this point of raising your kids the way that you do? I would say that my unique and maybe different perspective in raising my kids really starts with my own journey with the Lord. And I would tell you that I believe that to raise a true remnant, you need to know two main things, maybe three main things. Number one, you need to know how you hear from the Lord. You need to know and be in the study of his word. And you need to be a person who has his vision for parenting. I talked about that a little bit in my last episode. And so I thought that it would be a good start today to just share with you Not just the vision that I have for raising my own children, but how did I get there in my own walk with the Lord? Because so much of my approach to parenting really comes from my relationship with Him. And I believe that same relationship filled with full power by the Holy Spirit, if you are in Christ Jesus, is available to His children No longer do I call you slaves, but friends. That's what Jesus says in his ministry in John. And he says that everything that I have heard from my father, I have told you. And I believe that that is how closely he wants to walk with you, not just as a parent, but as a person, as a daughter of the Most High God. And... For me, that started pretty much out of the gate, which is probably why I just absolutely believe that my children can be equipped, are equipped, and that I have everything I need to equip them. And it's not because I'm perfect, and it's not because I have all the right techniques. It's not about being right or wrong. It's about being so close to him that... He really does work all things together for the good of those who love him. So I want to tell you a little bit about my story. And I want to talk about how I hear from God. Hopefully that you will receive some importation into how you hear from the Lord and maybe don't even realize you do hear from him. So I was raised in a Christian home. My mom and dad are first-generation Christians, really Uh at least in the Christian faith, right? They uh, were raised Catholic and Lutheran. But as far as like a real true saving knowledge of the Lord in their own lives, uh, that was not modeled to them in the same way that most evangelical churches approach it. And so they didn't have a framework for that really apart from when they they came to know the Lord for themselves as their personal Lord and Savior in their 20s. And so I knew that you needed Jesus. I had been raised to believe the gospel and and here heard it my whole life I was in church. But when I was five years old, I was I, I'm one of three girls. And if any of you have siblings and four at that, we didn't, you know, we didn't always get along, but I love my sisters dearly. And we were watching the the movie Little Women. I was five. I can remember we lived in Las Vegas, Nevada. I was five years old. And we had been watching this movie, The Little Women, which you should mostly probably most of you would know that story, but you it's a story about four daughters. And I just all of a sudden could see myself in the story of life. And in the story of Little Women, the third sister dies. And that just killed me. I just felt, I remember I just like fell down to the floor and was bawling, crying. And and made my mom like stop the movie or maybe at the end of the movie, but I just, I had to know this Jesus because I was not going to die and not be able to see my family or not be able like death just became so real to me in that moment. And so I stopped at five years old and gave my life to Christ And for me, that was just a real conversion straight out of the gate. It wasn't something cute. It wasn't something sweet. It wasn't something that I had to grow into. I just knew him. That's the only way I know to describe it. And for most of my life, I struggled with fear and had to go through various phases of learning to stand against that. And that became really real to me when I was about seven and when I was seven, an interesting thing started happening. I started seeing things that nobody else could. And I started to feel things or know things about people that I maybe shouldn't know. <laughs> and I mean I was seven, you guys. I had never been I had never been exposed to any kind of weird witchcraft. I had never I didn't know anything about, you know, psychics or stuff like that. I didn't, I didn't have any frame of reference for what I was, what was happening to me. And so I tried to tell my parents and I just don't think they had a good frame of reference. And I didn't even really know how to tell them what was happening to me. So that's not a slight on them. I just, That's not normal, you know, it's not, maybe not normal. I believe it is normal. I believe it's normal if you're in Christ there, you should know what he knows, right? Again, that verse in John, I think it's in John 15, but where it says, no longer do I call you slaves, I call you friends and everything my father has shown to me, I've shown to you and I've said to you and, and that is the true core of what I believe we have. And so I'm seven years old and I can remember very distinctly when this started happening, but I'm, I'm seven and, I'm, and I always feel like it's like when I'm five, but I don't really remember it when I was five. I do remember that I had a hard time falling asleep always. That was, sleep was just really hard for me. I didn't like the dark. I always hated the dark. I just always felt the sense of foreboding and going to bed. And so I always, I think, sensed that there was something dark in the darkness. And if you want my honest opinion, I think most kids know that. I don't think you come out of the womb afraid of the dark because there's nothing to be afraid of. But we as parents often approach it that way. Well, there's nothing to be afraid of. I'm here, right? But for me, along with so many kids, I feel like I feel like they do know that there is something dark about the dark. And the absence of light causes us to feel afraid. And I, I just feel like... Let's just start there for a second when we're talking about parenting. You have a child who's afraid of the dark, who doesn't want to sleep in their room. Did you ever think that that child just has an innate sense, right? They're formed in your inmost being by the God of the universe. Before I ever came to know my child, he knew them, right? You formed my inmost, innermost parts. That's what the psalmist says. And so... I believe that our children are born with this sense of darkness is bad, and when I don't have the light on, it makes me feel afraid because darkness is real. He, it, we really do have a real adversary, and it's not that when our children go to bed, there's just you shouldn't be afraid. No, we need to teach them that they do carry the light of Christ because we like that is what the that is the power that Jesus gives us. And so this became very real to me when I was about seven years old. The very first time this happened, I was frozen, paralyzed in fear. A demon shows up in my room. And I was so afraid. it I couldn't even talk. And I... I'm not even kidding you when I say this, that I hear this whisper. Just say to me in my ear, just say my name is what it says. And I'm like, I knew, right? The Bible says that the sheep, my sheep know my voice. That's my right. If I'm in Christ, I know his voice, (laughs) Yes, we are to test the spirits, but we are to know his voice. And I believe in that moment I heard him. I heard his voice. And so he says, just say my name and it'll leave. And so I open my mouth and as bold as I can possibly manage, I just say, Jesus. And that thing ran out of the room like it was being burned. And so that's where this journey really started for me of I don't look at my kids the same way. I really don't. I look at them as true glory carriers of the presence of Jesus Christ. And if you have kids that have not made that declaration in Jesus, I really don't think it matters either way. I'm just going to be honest. Because if you know the power you carry, that's the power you can teach them and show them and model. And so that's really where I was coming from when I was having kids. You know, all of a sudden they weren't just afraid of the dark. I was like, all right, let's sit down and ask Jesus what's going on. Right. And so I know his voice, even if they can't put words to that. And that has become the basis for how I parent. And that wasn't the last demon I ever saw. I started to see angels as well. And Again, you know, I tried talking to my parents about that, and I think it freaked them out a little bit, you know, and that's not to any fault of theirs. Maybe they don't even remember that, but I I just, I remember one time specifically talking to them about the angel that I saw in my room, and I don't remember who said it, but they were like, well, Whitney, that's just a, (laughs) that's just a light you know, and if you don't have a frame of reference for that, like their response totally makes sense. But for me, my frame of reference is different because I do believe that those things are real. They exist right next to us and in, you know, the space that we live. I I believe that (laughs) the Bible says they're real. And so why wouldn't we be able to see them or sense them or even hear them? And I just want to talk a minute about how you hear from the Lord. I believe that maybe not everybody sees like I see, but there's so many different ways. You know, have you ever been coming home from somewhere that you've been and you just feel super sad? Have you ever stopped to ask the Lord, like, Lord, is that emotion mine? Like maybe you don't have anything to be sad about. Maybe you just all of a sudden feel very, very, very sad. That is not an emotion that matches maybe your current situation in life. And so when you get that dissonance of like this, why do I feel sad? I just want to ball. I just want to cry. Have you ever stopped to just ask the Lord like, hey, Lord, is that mine? You know, and if it's not mine, show me what to do with it you know and so I can just tell you how about I'll have another example for you. maybe you hear the Lord in words or you know a, a knowing maybe you hear him because you just know you know people who are are knowers just kind of my husband is a knower that's how he primarily hears the Lord and so he will just decide that that's what he's doing. And it's like this immovable thing of just that's where I know we need to do it. You know, It's now, that's where I know we need to be. And so he has done that so many times in our life and in our marriage. And it has given so much life to us. And so I'm primarily going to talk to you about how I came into this place with the Lord of learning to hear his voice and understanding what he's trying to say. And instead of you know, pushing all those things away, which I did for a time, you know, for a time, I just felt really weird. And I just was like, I don't want this anymore. I've always been a really vivid dreamer. And so, you know, there's probably some of you listening who you're really vivid dreamers. And I feel like when I think of my children, you know, because of the relationship with the Lord that he has given me and, and just the unique way that he, Equipped me to stand against things that I saw that were dark, or to, you know, call upon the help or the name of the Lord. Right, those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And in that moment, I just knew that His name. Right, He He told me, just say my name, and that thing will go away. And so, if we're going back into that space, that really shaped my life. He really is our ever-present help in times of trouble. And so I never really felt like I always have to have the answers because he has given me everything I need for life and godliness, so he really has the answers. And when I started having children, my approach to it was always that I don't take everything at face value. When they're having a meltdown in the middle of, you know, a really crowded area, I started asking the Lord if there was something maybe spiritually going on that I wasn't aware of. And I just start asking him, like, what's going on, Lord? Are they tired? Are they hungry? Is there something spiritual going on here? Or is this a moment that I need to correct this behavior and show me how to do so? keeping my relationship with God and with my child in mind. An example that I feel like may be helpful in regards to this was I have my son, Warrior, is nine now. But when he was about 18 months, we lived in a home in Roseville, California, and he was... Always slept fine in his room. But then, probably around 18 months, he would wake up in the middle of the night screaming, just a shrill screaming sound. And it happened uh, about two nights in a row. And by that time, obviously, the Lord had clued me in that this was more than just a nightmare or more than just a fluke thing. And so the third night in a row that it happened, I, would, I went into his room, and I just picked him up out of his crib, and I just started worshiping. I just started singing any song that would come to my head. And what's interesting is a lot of the songs that I feel like I sing when I really, when I don't know what's going on or when I'm just like, I don't even know what to pray. A lot of the songs that come out of my mouth are songs that I have learned. I learned as a kid. And I feel like that is so critical because that's really when my equipping with the Lord started. He just started showing me things. He just started talking to me about stuff And I just started singing. I just started worshiping the Lord. And all of a sudden, my 18-month-old just stopped crying. And he takes his hand and he points to the corner. And I didn't really see anything that I remember in the corner, but I just started speaking to that corner. I just was like, Lord, if there's something in that corner that's not of you, make it go from this room. And I I have this prayer that the Lord taught me to pray as a little kid. I just started saying it all the time. There are times you guys, I can't see everything. I don't try to see everything. I'm not, you know, I'm not pressing into my third eye. Like that's all new age. That's entirely witchcraft. I don't want to see anything he doesn't want me to see. So I don't really, I don't do that. I don't push into that. I just let it be the relationship that it is. And so there are times I see it and there are times that I don't. And there are times that he lets me see things and there's times that he doesn't. And I am totally fine with that because he is God and I am not. And I don't have to know everything all the time. I don't want to know anything out of season that I'm not supposed to know. So I don't approach it that way. So he points to the edge of the room and I just start speaking to that corner. And I just say, if you are here and you are not of the Lord, you must leave. And shortly thereafter, my son fell asleep in my arms. And that was the last time that he woke up tormented like that. And the reason that I share that is just simply to say that there are weapons of our warfare that are consistent. The word of God, the name of Jesus, our praise. There are certain things that just... They make the enemy uncomfortable no matter what. And and I just feel like if you're going to talk about parenting, that those are tactics I use all the time. I will just start putting on worship music. My kids maybe are fighting or bickering or it's a little bit of a rough day. I just put on worship music in the background. And I just push out whatever reason or feeling or tiredness that is causing strife in my home. The prayer that he taught me to pray as a little kid when I was in a dark room, I would just say, if there's anything in this room that does not glorify the Lord Jesus Christ, who came from heaven, I command in his name that you leave. And that gave me... A profound sense of power and authority building off of my experience with the Lord when I was seven years old in that room. Just say my name. And so I began to develop that and I would just say that anytime I felt afraid, anytime I felt a sense of fear when I would go to sleep, I just started saying that. And I would go to sleep. And so really A large part of what I believe we need to give the remnant in our kids is this ability to hear the Lord for themselves and to model how you do that when they are afraid using, you know, whatever (laughs) information he gives you, right? If you're like, okay, my child has woken up six nights in a row They have really bad dreams. They have night terrors. Let me just tell you right now that the only person that has the right to wake me up in the middle of the night consistently is God. And I do not believe that waking up terrified is of him. Okay? If that is happening to your child, let's talk about that. The enemy terrifies right? The Lord, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of the wisdom. But the fear of the Lord is like, let me get down on my knees because I, I'm i not, I can't even stand up. His glory is so fierce. Terrified, I think, is a panic, right? Fear is a normal response, right? But like that terrifying, I'm waking up at night, that is not of God. I'm sorry, it's not. And so if that's happening. I would encourage you to just take some of the things I've even shared. Go into their room. Scream the name of Jesus. (laughs) Go into their room. Start singing, even if you have a bad voice. Start praising the Lord so that those things go and cannot stay. Equip your kids to sit, right? Go in, sit down with your kids. You know, I know you're tired. You want to go back to sleep, all those things but give them the gift of sitting in it with them. Hey, let's go sit down in here. Let's just turn on some worship music. Let's ask the Lord together what we need to do to get these things to leave. And I'm going to tell you right now, my kids blow me away with the things they hear from the Lord, (laughs) the different things he's told them or taught them to do, their understanding of the word, their desire to know God, talk to god the things god tells them it 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 blows me away and it never ceases to amaze me what he's doing in their lives they don't get a ver a junior version of the holy spirit so sit in it with them and teach them how to ask him together when they're looking for answers to like you don't have to have all the answers the holy spirit has all the answers And so if there's something you're dealing with, sit down with your kid and say, let's ask God about that together until they get to an age where they know how to do that. And so then you can start asking them, well, what do you feel like the Lord's telling you about that? I don't have to give them all the answers. More to come on that. I don't want this to get too long. So I'm going to come back and I just pray that the Lord will just continue to prove to you how much he loves you and equip you and use this podcast in any way that he can to make us women who truly raise up a remnant that can stand on their own two feet in Christ.